Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morrison and I are back. After a few weeks off, uh, we are going to be back to every other week. And today we uh, start the podcast by catching up a little bit and then um, delve into this idea of embracing love, embracing beauty, um, even when, when things are, are heavy and mournful, um, given the, 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 the global tension that's going on. Um, we sort of lead off with a, some lyrics from a song, Lovers in a Dangerous Time, and expand our conversation from there. But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nedia at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, theruined.com is a place to go for that. drcrpod.com is a place to go to find other episodes of our podcast. Uh, If you're interested in picking up David's book, dreamwalkerway.com is a place to go for that. We also have an American Sign Language version on YouTube. If you search Dreamwalker Way, you should be able to find our channel. Also, we will be releasing the audible version of Desolate Beauty, the Book of Light and Shadow shortly. Uh, We just got our copyright information um, secured, so we will make an announcement when that is um, available. And you can also find Desolate Beauty on Kindle if you uh, would like to get an electronic version. Uh, If you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media really helps us. We appreciate you. And let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. Dispatches from the Verge. David Morrison. Hola, senores. Danny West, hey, hey. thumbs up. Um, Mis amigos. We're back. It's been three weeks, four weeks Two, since we recorded. Three? Something like that. Anyways, how are you How are you doing, Mr. Morrison? You know, I'm all right. You've had a... a heavy late in these days, but... You yeah, know. you've had a crazy, crazy couple of weeks. Your, yeah. your pops was in, the, was in the ER, ICU. He's doing better. Yeah, I actually got a, I was thinking about it this morning, got a rundown, got a preview of how to, I guess, prepare for his, his death, you know, because I got In what, what sense? Well, because I was, so he was in the ICU, or actually he was just in the hospital for observation. Mm-hmm. And then that was a Saturday afternoon. And then Sunday morning at about 4.30 a.m., um, there's something on me. No, I was just itchy. <laughs> Sorry, people. I was scratching my beard for those that aren't was, watching. I thought he was giving me the secret signal. Of, <laughs> no, no, no. You no. got you got schmutz on your face. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then my mother calls me at four thirty in the morning, crying in panics, and she said the hospital had called her, and that, and so she, you know, she's struggling with mm-hmm. her short term memory and all mm-hmm. that. So. I, but she said, yeah, the, she basically said his heart stopped and he's in the ICU. And so I was like, okay. And, you know, and I had to go pick her up, you know, yeah. so I got dressed. I, what I'm trying to say is I know how I'll react, I guess. I see, I see, I see. <laughs> or I have a charcoal drawing of yeah, it maybe. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, I, and then I went outside because uh, I wanted to see Venus. 
uh, rising. It's been real bright mm. coming up over the eastern horizon. So I watched that for a few minutes and went outside. Tried to sense his presence, my mm. dad's presence, if he was saying goodbye to me or anything like that. Felt nothing but the emptiness of the sky. Mm-hmm. Did not feel a comforting voice of God saying, right. I'm with you, You'll son. be well, son. No, it just felt kind of <laughs> empty, but it wasn't a bad empty. It wasn't like despair. You didn't feel lonely. It was numbness, yeah. yeah. More, yeah. Well, it's then, funny too. Well, not funny, but I was surprised because I knew of everything that had happened last week. Yeah. You and I saw him yesterday. Saw both your parents and uh, he seemed he seemed way better than I would have assumed after spending a week in the hospital, yeah. you know, and so... Well, then we get to the ICU. It's about five in the morning at this point, and and his SBO, his oxygen levels were at like eighty five, and they're trying to, and so he writes down on a notepad. He said, oh, "If I die, <laughs> go pick up this trophy for the senior games for me." And I'm like, "This, I'm like this bastard's not gonna die," and it just struck me this. <laughs> This son of a bitch wants to, he has a greater will to live at 84, all the problems he has, than I've had, than I have ever had, even in my 20s. I was just like, yeah, I could take this life or leave it. I'm not, I'm just a tourist here in my own life. Well, even, even seeing him yesterday when he was, I'd forgot that he had, he had had to have one of his toes removed. Yeah. And he's talked about it so nonchalantly. Like, he's like, yeah. And then they cut off my toe and he just continued on the story. I was like, wait a second, you know, you're missing a toe under those socks, but just how, uh, yeah, he showed it to us. Nonchalant. I didn't, I didn't see it. Yeah. 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 Part of me wanted to ask, but then part of me is like, I don't know if it's actually not that it was like a, tip of the toe oh okay just the tip yeah just a tip baby (laughs) um and then i don't know if it's cool to talk your your pops is having his danny west's pops having his last treatment uh for with radiation yeah Yeah, today and so we've been definitely had him in our our prayers and um, yeah yeah joking aside it's been a very heavy Mm. i feel triggered uh, my PTSD, if you will. Uh, yeah, a couple of days ago, it triggered. I could really sense it on. When you. I don't hear from my daughter, I get triggered, and then I'll see a news report that they found a body in an alley, and I go there, and and it's triggered from my brother's death at a, right, a, right. another two a.m. phone call. Phone call. Your brother's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so last night, yeah, she didn't answer our text until. Mm-hmm. So we finally just, Marsha called her and she's just making enchiladas. <laughs> <laughs> well, and overall, she's, and doing I was really, like, she's doing really well. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my the other... body and my my past memories yeah. don't want to allow that. I don't want to exhale. And then, you know, and I, I know I have two friends and one acquaintance that are in the hospital right now mm. with serious, serious things. So it just feels like a very... Yeah. People around me are struggling. Uh, you know, other families in the community are going mm-hmm. through very difficult times, and so it's just weighing on me. You know? Well, and um, the PTSD thing—that it's not a logical thing. It's not like something you can turn on and turn off. You know, what right? I mean? It's a yeah. physical reaction. It's a bodily, yeah. Yeah. A, so it's that's one of the things um, that yeah. just so far, you know, it, it's it's almost not that it's baked into your DNA, but it you're there's muscle. It's memory hardwired, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's muscle memory in your. It in got your bones. soldered into my brain, mm-hmm. you know. And then you look at the world, and you know, with uh, you know, just the 
bloodshed in in the Middle East, more so than usual. Right. Uh, the escalated. And then Ukraine, and then uh, just the, and then a shooting mass, another mass shooting, or in America as we like to call that a Tuesday, <laughs> right? In Maine, yeah. These these fucking shootings all the time, and it's just yeah. So it just you get overwhelmed. Well, I think too. With the Middle East thing, the one of the things that's been pro- not problematic but heavy for me is watching people pick sides. Yeah, like you know this. Talk side about is, showing your privilege right, and your this, safety and your security. This side is number one champions. Yeah. And, oh no, this side's number one champions. And no, and fuck then your team. The you counter know? argument is once you've picked a side, the um, well then you hate the other side. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like. You and I, I think it was yesterday. We're not talking Dodgers and Astros Right, here. it's not the Super Bowl here. And and uh, this is, you know, so real I, life uh, consequences. Yeah. Lots of bloodshed, like you said. Lots of Yeah, death, I saw... Lots of misery. A, 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 an interview with a man who lost 30 people in his family. 30. Yeah. And the, the thing, too, that was troubling for me, you and I talked about this um, whenever, what, yesterday or two days ago, like I said. But the... How then the violence is, has come here. Yeah. People have started, you know, the the yeah, yeah. anti-Semitic attacks have gone up. Attacks against yeah. Palestinians and against Muslims have gone up. Yeah. And, and, um, and Sikhs who aren't even either one, right. yeah, yeah, but yeah. just because they well, wear the hat. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> that reminded me of 9-11 when they, they started getting attacked. And it's, Poor it just, Sikhs, man. We're, we're get... showing the... America showing their ignorance about about yeah. everything, but yeah. but just you know finding it necessary to attack people, yeah, because you've picked a side or picked a, you know you pick the Astros or pick the Braves or pick the it's ridiculous, you know what I mean, yeah. whatever. How about be on the side of the children that are being slaughtered, yeah. the side of those who are homeless, side of the vulnerable elderly. See, Let, this, let's be on a, that team. A ceasefire, yeah, uh, you know, diplomatic, you know, solutions. And I, you know, and I'm not sitting here like I know any of that shit. I don't have any answers. But I, no, but I know war. That's is not why the I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, <laughs> there are no answers. I'm not a politician, so I don't have to pick sides. You know, and yeah. that kind of thing. So I can just. Nor do I want. Nor do I want to be a politician. You know what no, I mean? Exactly. That's, that's never been. been so something. so the route that I have to take is mourning, and you know, and allow yourself to be overwhelmed at times, mm-hmm. and and navigate through that instead of hardening myself to it all you know and you know, there's a balance there obviously mm-hmm. uh, you, you know and so when now that we're having this conversation I, I forgot about it before we turned on a mic but we earlier this year you and I had a really beautiful conversation about um oh not skepticism cynicism mm-hmm. and how 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 yeah. easy it is to be a cynic. Do you, were you were you recording us yet for that one? Do you remember? Yeah, I think it was early. It might have even been the end of last yeah, year. Yeah, I think we we're talking about one. the gift of wonder yeah. as an antidote to yeah, cynicism, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. hardening of your heart. I, that was precisely the conversation, and um, so in a way, we're kind of re revisiting that yeah. today. Um, now that I think about it, but I I think it's important, um, especially with some of the stuff. So maybe I'll open it up to you with with this of like during these hard times, you know, we talked about sort of the, the local stuff going on and, and with our immediate friends and family and the the morning and, and tough times there. And then 
sort of everyone is aware of the the global struggles that are going on yeah. right now and and the like you said the bloodshed and the war and um tensions just seem to be higher than than usual and um great fear in the air exactly yeah, yeah lots of fear and so someone came to me is like well fuck this and just got very cynical about the whole thing yeah i understand like i get it you know and or but you know whatever you want to throw in there um this decision because i do think it's a conscious decision i think it's very easy and lazy to go to the cynicism way because there's so much proof there yeah but there's also so much proof for beauty yeah for love um you know, I, I think even you talking about going out on the back porch and watching Venus, right? Even yeah. even with all this this the stressful phone call you yeah. just how got. dare you not immediately jump in the car yeah, and yeah, panic yeah. and but to take that time to you knew that was there. Yeah. You're like, let me go see this this beautiful thing called outer space. And it that's one of my favorite things about living out here is just, you know, yeah. when I get home at night and it's dark and just I just look up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and the yeah, stars the and everything. you know what I mean just just a ra- a quote unquote regular night yeah. out here is beautiful and so to have sort of an intention like that to go see Venus you know is, is in my mind it it's coupled in this conversation yeah you know this idea of choosing love this idea of choosing beauty um and not not with the ostrich sense either where it's like uh fake uh we, we've talked about that too um toxic positivity yeah it's not like we're just sticking our heads in the sand and being like oh well this if you just look at the beautiful sky it'll be fine yeah (laughs) you know what i mean so it's not that either but sort of this 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 uh tightrope maybe is a good way to talk about it yeah of, of of choosing beauty choosing love and so i know i threw a lot out there but i'm sort of open it up for you of of what you've been wrestling with this past week or two weeks specifically around, around that, about choosing beauty. No, yeah. I think your capacity to experience beauty, joy, and love is the same capacity to uh, witness and acknowledge and observe grief, loss, Mm. and suffering. If you close yourself off to one, then you're closed off to the other. Mm -hmm. And, and so if you're open to the one, then you have to be open to the other. And, and that's the, the mystery of love, really, mm-hmm. and mystery of beauty. And so, yeah, there is this inner critic in times like these uh, that'll say, how dare you uh, give yourself to beauty? Mm-hmm. How dare you love? You know. And, and so, yeah, Marsh and I, one of our playlist songs of our merit long and and windy marriage <laughs> is is a song. Uh, it's written by a Canadian. I know you're a big fan. <laughs> <of Canada. laughs> uh, by Bruce Cockburn. Uh, but we we the song that we like is the because we're a little more shallow. Uh, we like the bare naked ladies version <laughs> of it uh, from the nineties. And. Uh, yeah, and so it's it's this idea of... What's the name of the song? Oh, I'm sorry. It's called uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Time. Mm-hmm. Um, we like because it has cello in it. We're suckers God, for cello and I harmonica. Lo- I love stringed instruments. Yeah. I have a fucking Bust out love. a harmonica or a cello. <laughs> I'm going to be your friend if you, if you play it right. If you're good, yeah. If you're good at it. 
I think I've told. I don't know when I was. I did I tell you this about a cello player that lived? Oh yeah, yeah. That so, were practicing in your. Yeah, so I I, I might have shared this on the podcast. Anyways, quick I don't aside. Think so no. Uh, when I was at ASU, I rented this little studio apartment that was connected to a house. So I basically had the back. I, I would go in the backyard to get to my studio. You apartment. were the mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a married couple. Uh, he played the trumpet. She, I think she played the cello. She played a stringed instrument for sure. And it wasn't the violin. And I would sometimes go home and take a nap and I would wake up with her practicing. And the, however, I don't know. I'd only been in their house a couple of times. So I'm not sure the layout, but it was close enough where it wasn't like waking me up, but I could hear it through the wall. Wow. And God, just some yeah. of the beautiful, and even him, him playing the trumpet, like some of the beautiful play, yeah. pieces he would play. They were so, both of them were such talent. I mean, I'm sure they still are, but. God, they were so talented and, yeah. and just, I fell in love with string instruments over that. I guess I lived there for six months, maybe nine months. It was, it was less than yeah. a year, but anyways, <laughs> I love, I love me some cello. <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah, so the, I guess the background of the song is, you know, uh, I mean, Bruce Cockburn says you can interpret it any way you want, but the urban legend is that he was he was thinking about the times this was in the eighties when he wrote this. So he was thinking of the AIDS epidemic and mm. uh, all the, the shit in the middle East <laughs> going on yeah. then. Uh, and the violence of the world and the death and destruction. And he was walking by, I think a playground and he saw two teenagers in love and uh, making out with each other. And he, and he, and he came up with that phrase, they're mm. lovers in a dangerous time. Uh, how, how can, you know, even, and you see it, right? You see, you know, just like in the uh, the Iona Creed, mm, you know, right, written right. in the 1930s. This is before uh, the most, uh, you know, what became the probably the most violent century in human history, the, right. the 20th century. Uh, we 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 learned more sophisticated and greater ways to mass. Uh, depopulate more, more efficient our, yeah. way of war World unfortunately war one and two and flu epidemic AIDS epidemic you know just so anyway uh, yeah we believe in the sun that rises above the barbed wire mm -hmm. and so you know and, and there are you know I've said it before there are refugee camps absolute dark places but there are still children being children mm -hmm. playing soccer even if it's with a tin can or something. Yeah, and, playing uh, basketball. Playing basketball. Um, lovers are still falling in love. Uh, beauty still exists. And, and, and in that sense, if you put those two together, it's not, it's not just a sweet entertainment thing. Mm -hmm. it's, beauty becomes a salvation thing. Mm -hmm. It saves, it, it solves your soul. It heals your soul. Music still being played, still being listened to. And enjoyed and and so yeah uh, so this yeah so this so we were listening to it last night uh, and you know it's like one of the lines is one minute you're waiting for the sky to fall and the next you're dazzled by the beauty of it all um, and then he goes on he says when you're when your lovers in a dangerous time sometimes you're made to feel as if your love's a crime right that mm -hmm. inner critic how dare you yeah. Give yourself well, to beauty and love when there's so much suffering and pain. I don't think it's just an inner critic, too. There is there is an inner critic for sure, but I think there's a societal oh, yeah, a, yeah, for there's sure. a societal critic too, especially, you know, with as much as I enjoy social media and, and yeah. as much good as it's done, but there's also this 
you know, sort of how dare you right. ethos floating yeah, around as yeah. well. And, you know, really any evangelical sermon that you go to, you're going to hear true. something yeah, like that. that no, that, I mean, that's true, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, they'll that's, minimize that's your pain, your personal pain. They'll yeah. minimize that by. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then it goes on, uh, you know, uh, nothing worth having comes without some kind of fight. And then he quotes uh, Nietzsche. Uh, you got to kick at the darkness till it bleeds daylight. Mm. Uh, it could also be a hangover, I guess, when you're breaking <laughs> open the blinds. <laughs> uh, you know, and, yeah, and lovers in a dangerous could you, time. Could you read the first, the first one again about the about the sky? Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah. So it's the, it says, uh, "Don't the hours grow shorter as the days go by? We never even get to stop and open our eyes. One minute you're waiting for the sky to fall." And the next, you're dazzled by the beauty of it all. Well, so. and the, this kind of goes back to your your 2 a.m. or 4 a.m. Yeah, which one? Witnessing, well, no, the one <laughs> yeah. witnessing Venus. Oh, because yeah, yeah. In proximity yeah. to where we live, there's a missile range, I guess would be the put. Yep, yep. And, I was, and, and that night over, there were rumblings. Yeah, over the last week, um, they've ratcheted up. They're testing. And, it feels and, like it. And yeah. And it jumped up a notch, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. And so I don't think that's a coincidence. It might be a coincidence. I don't think it is a coincidence with what's going on in the world. And so that when you read that line the first time is, you know, you're, we're listening to the sky falling, yeah. right? With the rumblings of the missiles and yeah, artillery, and artillery. Firing tanks always on our highway. There's just yep. a. Did and, you see that tank that got oh, spilled over? No, so no, I did in the traffic circle. Yes, someone posted it. That's when a I was billion in, dollar tank happened, that they. <laughs> it happened when I was in Buffalo. We saw it. I would have gone and just sightseeing if I was here. <laughs> oh, they all would have jumped on you. <laughs> no, I'm sure, yeah, sir, yeah. sir. <laughs> Keep it moving. But some poor private, yeah, turned that corner on it. He was. They had a tank. You know, the, it was on a trailer, right? Yeah, and it's the latest tank. I saw a video, a YouTube video on the latest billion dollar tank. And, and so, yeah, so they were transporting it on a flatbed truck. And I guess he took the turn to a little quick. Or they didn't balance the tank on the truck. Maybe. That's my guess. Is they and put so it the truck was completely on its side and the tank was totally upside, upside down, down right? and crushed. And that's, yeah, that's a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody's day yeah, was someone. really bad. <laughs> Point. And, and anyway, it's probably some 17, 18 year old kid. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. At at most, <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. At most, at most, he was a twenty year old. That's the oldest yeah. he could have been. So he got sent home, and he told his mom, "Army had half day." <laughs> yeah, <Poor> exactly. Guy. <laughs> yeah, army had half day. Army had half day. Oh, <laughs> um, so 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 we're in the middle of it, right? Right. Like, yeah. You're out there looking at Venus. Your dad's literally in ICU. There's rumblings and explosions, yeah. however many, you know, less than a mile away. Yeah. 50 um, caliber machine guns going off. Yeah. It literally shakes the, you know, when the yeah. things are going off, it shakes where we live. We can sometimes feel, yeah. feel the vibrations literally. And this isn't constant, by the way. No, 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 no. <laughs> it just, the reason it's part of this conversation is it does seem to have been ratcheted this week. In recent, yeah. yeah. Recent times for um, sure. And so... You know, anytime, well, that's not true because there are seasons of it, but some of the time when, when it is ratcheted up and they're doing trainings and stuff, 
it it puts me in that sometimes sometimes it's like the oh shit <laughs> what's what's going on now and but sometimes it puts me in that place of prayer mm. of like just just that um like radiating peace yeah right like how can i be more peaceful today to radiate it out a little bit more because there's there's not peaceful stuff <laughs> going right. on with right. with uh, artillery shots and explosions and this and that and so um it just when you read that line from that song, that it that's where my mind went to was like picturing you there on the back porch with the with the pond and the beautiful sky and juxtaposition of the literally missiles falling from the from the sky, right? Yeah. And not in a dangerous way, not in any kind of way like they're experiencing in the Middle East. I'm not trying to compare it to that. Yeah, no. But just just that the peace and the yeah. The war machine, if you will. Yeah, it's like that line from uh, Shakespeare's Macbeth where uh, I think it was Lady Macduff. She knows these assassins are coming to kill her any second. And she says, the world is too much with us. And so, and then they, you know, she yeah. gets murdered off. Their, like in any thing. good Shakespeare play. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and they murdered her child, yeah. yeah. And so... Uh, yeah, the world is too much with us, you know. I think that might be a James Bond movie too, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe I, I thought, not, or the world is always with us or something. I don't know. I was going to say the world is ours, but I don't think that's a James yeah. Bond one. We are the world. <laughs> we are the children. <laughs> yep. Uh, bring that in. Um, or what was the other one they did during COVID? Imagine. Oh yeah, that oh, went the, over well. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a, a home run. People um, working three jobs, trying to pay the rent, and trying to trying to keep things afloat. So, um, maybe you know, maybe because we, I mean, it does feel like these are things we're still currently working through. Yeah, you know, and when I say we, I mean obviously the world, but you know, me and you, you know what I mean. We've we've had some conversations about it off mic, but um, you know the question I always like to ask you is, is sort of that practical idea of like during these times, how are you able to maybe not silence, but, but um, quiet, quiet that inner critic of yeah. how, how dare you love the beauty um, or, or, or maybe, you know, or more, maybe the, I mean, I, I think we live in a way such as we don't have the, the social, like our friends aren't telling us how dare you, right? Like, we no, kind of, we no. kind of surround ourselves with people that are. Well, are I've had, yeah, actually, I had a young man oh, really? recently berate me yeah, for the clothes that we all wear. That slaves made our clothes, and oh. <laughs> how dare you? Like in Vietnam, you mean? <laughs> yeah, like sweatshops. Like yeah, 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 yeah. And so, so, and I did say to him, "Well, what are you going to do about it? Then, if you're so passionate about this, <laughs> you're going to go free. Huh? What are you going to, you know? Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I forgot about that." Um, but what are the things, the sort of the things you're able to do to embrace the beauty, to embrace love? Um, or even if you're, if someone's maybe not even that, just being able to sort of quiet that, that inner critic of how, how dare you at a time like this, take care of yourself or embrace the beauty or embrace love. You know what I mean? With love. And I guess love's love can be kind of spontaneous. So that one. That one might be less yeah. practical, but anyways. Well, I think the the regular 
daily, if you will, practice of silence, mm-hmm. prayer, some sort of contemplation will, will over a long period of time will train you to uh, be less obsessive in your thinking. Mm-hmm. And so, so there's that. Uh, so last night, yeah. So I found myself triggered last night. So I had to pause and start to uh, just kind of do a, a, a like, like you you say in recovery, uh, a moral inventory. Mm-hmm. Mine was just a, a check in inventory of emotions mm-hmm. inventory. So I was like, went through the list. How am I feeling right now? Mm-hmm. You know, just sitting at my computer. It wasn't like I was. You know, I was like, it's not uh, like you went and made it a pilgrimage yeah, somewhere. <laughs> no, yeah, nothing is very simple, right? Yeah. And I think that's what people, that's what we need. Yeah, like, exactly. How, things that it, we can do right here, right now. Yeah. So I, I feel, I feel a shaking in my fingers and in my hands. I looked at my hands; they weren't shaking, but I could feel them shaking. Right, right, right. Weird. I feel a heaviness on my chest physically. I feel this uh, feeling of impending doom. Mm -hmm. Uh, This call is going to come. This revelation is going to happen. This email is going to come. Yeah, this email. And I'm going to be standing in a completely different world than Mm -hmm. I'm in right now. Uh, I feel, so I just acknowledged and witnessed myself feeling Mm -hmm. those feelings. Um, And uh, and just kind of allowed myself to feel them. you know, and then when it broke, it was kind of like a, I think emotionally, you know, how you catch a cold, you oh, know, yeah, and you yeah. get symptoms. I think yeah. emotionally that happens to us a lot of times, yeah. you know, and, and so you don't freak out and you allow the bewilderment, allow that, mm-hmm. like the, the uh, this roomy quote that I found, you know, this is kind of strange too. This is kind of the serendipity of yeah. things. So <laughs> I don't mean to be too intimate here, but, but I had, a. I was trying to prepare something for our Wednesday night meditation. And That's one of the I was going to bring, so yeah, I was going to bring this up. So go ahead. So one of the books I pulled out was a daily roomy. I just happened to pull it off a shelf and, and it ended up next to the toilet <laughs> and I didn't use it for Wednesday right, night. Right, I didn't right, right. go that direction and went another direction. And so, but it stayed by the toilet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so, so while I, after I did this inventory, you know, I took a little visit uh, and opened it up to this this uh this one and it was pretty amazing uh could i read it would you would you please read it <laughs> why okay <laughs> yes please read it rumi rumi was a persian uh poet uh islamic sufi from the 1500s uh and uh, one of the greatest poets of world history in my opinion well it's funny too because i think he's made the most appearances on our podcast probably without without doing a specific episode like we've done some specific episodes about people but he he routinely pops up in these really beautiful ways amazing stuff i'm grateful to those who have translated it from persian or farsi to english so so this this quatrain stop trying to uh Stop trying to be shrewd, and some translations say clever. Stop trying to be clever, because that's that's all of social media, right? It's more, it's not wisdom, it's cleverness. Mm-hmm. There's a or, difference. Or uh, what were we talking about? Cynicism. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a part of it. Yeah. 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 So stop trying to be shrewd, 
And, and also Shrewd is I'm not going to allow anyone to ever pull the wool over my eyes. I'm never going to believe in anything magical because yeah. I'll end up looking like a fool. Uh, I'll do everything I can do to keep myself from looking like a fool and being foolish. Uh, that that kind of thing. Anyway, I'm really unpacking it before I've even read it. Sorry. <laughs> Stop trying to be shrewd and allow yourself to be bewildered because shrewdness leads to skepticism. But when you are bewildered, you'll be gifted the clarity of light. And, uh, and there was a second one. If you can't smell the fragrance, don't come into the garden of love. If you're unwilling to undress... Don't enter the stream of truth. Stay where you are. Don't come our way. And then there was a third one. Uh, gamble everything for love. Mm. Gamble everything. Um, and so, yeah, this undressing is a, you know, allow yourself to be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. Allow your bewilderment. If you're confused, then you're confused. Uh, you know, I heard James Finley say the only difference between a mystic and somebody else is that the mystic knows that it's just fear that they're mm. feeling. That's what it is. Uh, you're, it's it's, it's just sadness. Yeah. It's not everything. It's just the feeling of sadness, and they and they allow they witness themselves feeling it. If, mm. if that makes any sense, like when I so now I'm viewing myself almost in a third party sense, like I'm mm. the camera of going out onto the deck, looking at Venus rise. Uh, and, and preparing to go say goodbye to my father, right? Mm -hmm. And so was, there's this, you know, and I felt that also uh, when my brother was killed. It almost felt like the, I was, uh, my body actually during that time, during his funeral, I, I had a memory of this because I'm revisiting all of this, mm -hmm. right? Uh, like, uh, like my body was a marionette. Mm -hmm. Like I was being just moved by moved some external by force. Yeah, it was very strange, yeah, a very strange feeling. Um, when I would sit down and get up, I felt like it was just someone pulling strings almost, you know, just like uh, that giant puppet that showed up in El Paso. Uh. That's that's very funny, too, because I can remember, not, not in an intense way, but um, that summer I lost through my grandparents. Mm. There would be days... Where it felt just like that. Yeah. Like I'd get out of bed. How but, am I moving? But I didn't get out of bed. Like yeah. something was like, here, get the fuck out of bed. I'd sit in the truck and drive to work and be yeah. like, how did I get? And it wasn't like one of those, like I was scrolling on my phone or something. It was just like, I got, I parked at work. I was like, how did this happen? Yeah. And I'd walk inside and, and do, go through the motions, but it didn't feel like I was doing the motions. Yeah. It's very interesting. And that's how you felt the other night going to the hospital. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, and to sort of circle back to this idea of like things to do to sort of engage the beauty or the, you know what I mean? And, and actually what came to mind for me as you were speaking, even before you mentioned the roomy stuff was, was Wednesday night. You know, we, there was, oh, there yeah, was yeah. four of us on a call. I mean, it wasn't a call. It was a zoom or zoom Wednesdays. And, um, uh, just just sat in silence for those for the heaviness that you know kind of how we opened up the podcast talking about right. the heaviness that's going on locally and and in the world and just sat in prayer uh, contemplation you read some quotes from it 
but um, as it was unfolding, I was because we had you and I had you were like, oh, I need to think of a topic for Wednesday night. You know what I mean? Because right, we we're talking right. about a topic for for the podcast, and um, so then to sort of it wasn't really a topic. It was like a prayer meeting. Yeah, it was a prayer through, session through yeah. and through, and and um, to sort of go down that route for me was like, oh yeah, like this is why we have community. This is why. Yeah. You know, we, we show up in that way and, and we're able to engage in prayer together, you know, and it was, we we're all spread out, right? Like it wasn't like necessarily everyone here. Yeah. You know, I wish it was, it was but it was, it was, it was our season for that. Yeah. It was, it was a wider circle, which once again, going back to this idea of technology, right? Like what a beautiful way to take advantage of technology yeah. to come together like that. And so that's another practical way, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe you don't have a zoom session, uh, set up, but you can, or at least I know I can, I assume other people can, there, there's people in, they, in their life they can pray with and yeah. you can pick up the phone, you know, they might be on the other side of the country and just being like, Hey, I'm feeling overwhelmed about X, Y, and Z. Can, can we pray about it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And even if it's a 30 second, 60 second prayer, there's still that with words or no words. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But there's still that practical sense of like, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. I'm feeling hopeless right now. Um, the sky's about to fall. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I've done it throughout my sobriety for sure. Of like just reaching out like, hey, I mean, you and I've had a conversation like that over the summer where I, I just felt overwhelmed by a situation. I didn't know what the fuck to do. And I called you and said, hey, man, can you pray for this? And I... You're like, what do you want me to pray for? And I was just like, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm so in the middle of it. I don't even know. Yeah, exactly. And and you did what you did. You know what I mean? And and there was another friend, say, exact. You know, I called him right after I talked to you, and same, basically the same same conversation. You know, and it was like it, and something shifted. You know, 24 hours later, how I how I observed the situation shifted. You know, so I don't yeah. know. If, I can't say if it was me reaching out for help and asking for prayer. I can't say if it was you and, and my buddy's prayers. I can't say if it was my prayers. I can't I, I can't pinpoint any one thing, right? Yeah. And that's why I do all of it. You know what I mean? And, and just find those ways. That's why I enjoy hearing your perspective of, of those things too. You know what I mean? And and that sort of that inventory you, yeah. you, you checked off that night and, and just like, okay, where am I at right this moment sitting in my bedroom? Yeah with with what I feel overwhelmed by. And and physically also along with that I I tend to do chores or I go mm-hmm. walk, you yep. know. And so that kind of helps the physical aspect of that nerve. I guess it's a nervous energy in your body though, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't explain it. Like an under underlying vibrating or shaking mm-hmm. inside uh, I don't know. Maybe well, it's, you know, it's your blood pressure rising, I guess and Heart rate is higher, I guess. Well, there, yeah. So physical chores, or but that could be that could be tricky though, because I know people that bury themselves mm-hmm. in work mm-hmm. and end up using it to medicate against those feelings, to shut off those feelings. So, well, I, I think so rather than work through the feelings. Well, and I think that's where it comes in. I think you and I have talked about it, but for sure I've talked about it because we talk about it in recovery rigorous honesty. Mm. And on the spiritual path, you get to the point where, so, so here's a good, here's a, to sort of set this up. There's like cash register honesty, right? 
where someone could, if, if you're still money out of the cash register, someone can eventually count the money and see that it's missing. Right. Yeah. And so it's in a certain way, it's easy to be cash register honest because someone can check you. Right. But then there's this like, what are my motives? What are, what are my real feelings? What are, you know what I mean? And, and I can lie to myself about those. Right. And I can lie to you guys about those. Cause you, you can't see my internal working. Right. But yeah, it's only at the detriment of myself. Right. I was, I was just talking to someone this week. They're struggling with, well, they've been struggling with something and, and sort of coming out the other side, you know? And, and I said, you have to know what your motives are in this situation because I can't see them. So I can't call you out on them and I can ask you about it, but you can lie to me and say, no, yeah. no, this, these are my motives, X, Y, and Z. Right. And so going back to your example, are we using for the sake of it chores? Are we, yeah. are we using these chores as a place to connect with myself so I can see, I can work off this energy yeah. and see what's really going on internally or the yeah, other side of that same coin, block off. am I just going <laughs> to focus on these chores and do these 20 chores yeah, so I don't to, have to yeah. deal with these? And, and, and I think on the spiritual path, there's this rigorous honesty that you can, you can have people around you that can help you facilitate that and, and grow it. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's something between you and your higher power, you and God where, you know, may, sometimes I don't even really know my motives. Like God, like, Give me some yeah. clarity here because I'm feeling lost, you know. And so um, I think there is something to that finding a way, whether it's like you said, walking, doing chores. Yeah. Um, I remember a woman early in my spiritual journey, she said she would play solitaire. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. And it would get her into this really she, she play a very simple game that doesn't take much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she said people will some people in the, like the spiritual realm will laugh at her and be like, that's not meditation. But they she don't, said, yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. She said, there's been so many times where yeah. epiphanies would come. Exactly. You know, the, the, the water would be still long enough or be yep. like, Oh, okay. Uh, I've heard people swim, swimming, yeah, just yeah. that repetitive. Well, my dad does athletics. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. his spirituality. Precisely. Yeah. He, that's his mode to. of service. That's his yeah. mode. I mean, he was even talking about, yeah, a tournament still. they had last or two days ago yeah. <laughs> that he was still that he had just gotten out of the hospital and he's helping put on this thing. Yeah, washers. He tried yeah. to get us to do it. We were like, oh, I suck. <laughs> I <can't laughs> like, that. no, thanks. So I, I do think, and for me, and I know I've shared this on the podcast, but I'm going to say it again. I was very skeptical of body movement stuff in and around prayer and meditation. Mm. But after doing the, um, the Camino where I'm walking, walking every single day, there would be these, and I don't think it happened every, actually I know it didn't happen every day, but there would be these times where I would just slip into these deep, deep, deep meditations, maybe for five minutes, maybe for two hours. You you step into eternity. So it doesn't even, you know, precisely, precisely, exactly. And, and after doing that and I was like, Oh, I, I mean, I, I know other people knew it, but it was my epiphany of like, right, oh, right. this is why body movement around prayer, around meditation yeah. is so, um, I would say popular, but that's not the right word. Um, it's common for people to talk about yeah, that yeah. because it is, it's a, it's a real, it's a real thing. And, and, um, 
Yeah, definitely. Tai Chi, yoga, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things. All those things. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you catch yourself doing chores or doing work or doing something like that, just to avoid shutting off those feelings, even there, give yourself grace and, mm-hmm. and just be mm-hmm. simply be aware that you're doing it mm-hmm. and be kind and compassionate towards yourself. Precise, and, yeah. Yeah. Cause we all, you're going to do that. Of course yeah. you're going to, we all do that. Well, and it's, uh, it's that, um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to call it a desire, but it, uh, just part of human nature where we want to check out. Right. right? So whether yeah. we, whether we're distracting ourselves with work, food, yeah, television, you know, and the list can go on and on, yeah. right. Of ways we can check out. And, and sometimes, that's appropriate and called yeah. for sometimes, in the moment. Sometimes you need to. <laughs> sometimes you need to go to the store and go get yourself a one of those those birthday cake uh, Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> Just go Kirsten. get yourself that and put them in milk. Let that softness. <laughs> Kirsten and I were talking about those uh, damn Oreos. What, I guess we saw pumpkin spice Oreos oh, or something. That's disgusting, right? And like oh. how terrible that sounds. And then we. I reminisced about when you had came across the birthday cake Oreos oh and you had me a bag of them. You're like, help us get, get these rid of out these. Here. Get these out of my life. <laughs> and I proceeded to eat it's that whole devil. bag in one sitting. It's the devil, man. That sugar, when that hits your brain, it's like, I don't it even, hits differently than other sugars. I don't go down the Oreo line anymore because yeah, I know if I see them. Because then those, those thin mint ones too. See, I, those don't hit me the same way. They are good. I yeah, will, they're not I as will. good as that birthday cake. The birthday cake was like, Shingata. so everyone knows my favorite favorite are the golden Oreos. Oh yeah, I forgot about those. But even yeah. the birthday cake, I could, I could eat three or four of the golden ones and <laughs> put the rest down. Yeah. There was something about those damn birthday cake ones that just like, it's like, ah, oh, just one more. And then 20 late, you're like, oh shit, I just ate 20 Oreos in one, <laughs> in one sitting. What the fuck? What kind of glutton am I? Um, is it, I mean, specifically with this idea around embracing, embracing beauty, embracing love, is there anything else that, that is sort of, that we haven't talked about yet that that's on your mind? Well, I would just emphasize this is my personal coping mechanism. So that doesn't mean it works for anybody else or, or other people might have, you know, I think there are probably degrees or spec, a spectrum of PTSD and anxiety. And so others, you know, you might Mm need, uh, some more severe intervention, mm-hmm. professional intervention. So you should definitely do that. You know, so it's, I don't mean to dismiss anybody's pain is what I'm trying to say, you know, of course, cause, cause that's, it's just awful. Uh, it happened just at one of our community meals recently. Somebody told a group of people that they were looking for a therapist and all of a sudden everybody had an opinion and told the poor guy, you know, you need to do this. You need to do that. And I was like, Oh my, Including me, I, I was yeah. so I was just like, yeah, I had to apologize later. And well, and I think, uh, I think too, if you have that intuition to get a therapist, regardless of what people are saying around you, get a therapist. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think everyone. I think anybody. I, you know, I mean, a lot. There's, you go to the doctor. Some people go to the doctor for yearly checkups. Yeah. 
that kind of thing. You should do the same uh, mm-hmm. with your mental health, you know, your emotional health. Mm-hmm. Check in with yourself. Check in with a therapist. Uh, you know that kind of thing. And and I've heard people say, "Well, I can't afford one." Yeah, you can because yeah. we there's, live in Chaparral, New Mexico. There's ways. I have no families. It's one of the most impoverished counties mm-hmm. in the country. Probably not the first. Everybody says that, right? Uh, when when you're at a conference. Oh, I see. Our, our county is, is the, the most. most yeah, yeah. Yeah. Our no. state is the most. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, we are New Mexico. <laughs> I mean, we're, yeah, we're, 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 we're poverty is our tradition. Uh, Mississippi, South Carolina, New Mexico are always yeah. battle, battling out for the impoverished. Yeah, but we state. got that weed money coming in now. So <laughs> there's no excuse for better education and healthcare. Anyway, um, yeah, so check in like that. Or, well, and uh, the beautiful thing, too. Because, you, you know, you can say, well, I check in with my friends. I check in with my family. It's like, well, those, yes, those are good things. That's part yeah. of being in a community. And having a third party yeah. that doesn't have that charged history, whether it's family or friends or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's something about having an outside observer. Yeah. And, and you got to go be honest with them, too. That's the other, you know, I can remember as a kid um, a stretch of being... Uh, having really, really severe suicidal ideations. Yeah, yeah. And I told my mom, I need to talk to a therapist. Well, then I went to the therapist, and all I wanted to hear was that I was okay, and I just wasn't honest with the with the, the person. I don't even remember if it was a oh, guy or a girl. See, you know what I mean? So like, I just showed up because all I really wanted to hear, I, I know this now. I didn't know it at the time. Right. So it's like... If you're just going to get rubber stamped of like, oh yeah, you're fine, yeah, that also defeats the cancer. Point. Get out of here! <laughs> it's like <laughs> you got to you got to be honest with it, or as honest as you can be, right? I don't even know if I could have been honest at I was fourteen or fifteen. I don't even know if I could have been honest. Yeah, with you don't this even person. have language, maybe. But I could, looking back, I for sure was dishonest in the sense that I didn't open up about what was really right. bothering me on the inside, and I I knew there was stuff bothering me because of these ideations I had. And I don't think I said one word about that. Yeah. I'm almost 100% positive I didn't say one word of that to this person. So I didn't even give myself a chance to get the help I might have needed. Mm. at that. And then I found alcohol and started self-medicating wow. and that worked for a time. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but then, it, you know, then it turned on me too. And so it, it, these things or these things that I've avoided in my life have eventually come back to haunt me. Mm. And so one of the things I've learned as I've gotten older is that I really truly need to face these things, whatever, wow. whatever yeah. it might be. It, it, some of them minor, some of them major and some of the reaper or the consequences have been bigger than others. So I think, you know, what, what you're saying about, you know, just sharing your experience about where you're yeah. at with these things is that's an important insight. Oh, another thing that helped me last night was, uh, we have this cat, uh, and so I just like hugged him, you know, he was a homeless cat. He was, uh, uh, I don't know how he survived being feral. Cause he was, he's a dandy. Is it the, <laughs> he's a fop. <laughs> is it the, the fluffy black cat? Yeah. 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 I have no idea. How, that how was did he survive yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> being uh, homeless? The, the grace of the Morrisons is what, how he so survived. Was, so he showed up at my parents' house on Halloween He's all, he's all oh, black that's right. cat. I forgot about that. And the eye contact that I made with him. Usually when I go to my parents' backyard, uh, the cats scatter, you know, and they hiss at me. And, right. Uh, but this cat 
just stayed on this stool mm-hmm. begging to be let in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's obvious he was with a child. I think he was with, well, it's not obvious, but I think he was a, a small child's cat. Because oh. he allows you to pick him up upside down. And Interesting. I've never had a cat allow yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. When we put up the Christmas tree, he was like all excited. <laughs> I was like, he's been in a home, you <laughs> yeah, know. He, he's he's aware of these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and I just grabbed him and hugged him and uh, and just felt the, that sense of homelessness that he had, that place of isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other cats didn't like him. I think he's a... Well, I won't, he's a cat that acts like a dog, and oh, right. and let's just say the cat community is very intolerant. <laughs> Anti-dog, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't they don't allow cats to identify as dogs. Right, the cats the have cat picked community. their team. And yeah, it's team exactly. Cat. <laughs> and so, so he was rejected for his fabulousness, and uh, and so uh, so I yeah so I just kind of for in that moment you know felt his and then to be accepted and homed to find a home and, yeah. and then, and then my own feelings of feeling the PTSD stuff, yeah. you know? So, so that, that's very helpful too. Uh, and then he started irritating me and we put the, the two cats <laughs> put them to in the bed. other room. Yeah, put them to bed for the night. It's all right. <laughs> it's go time to, to go, go to, to your bed. bed. <laughs> uh, that's so, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You feel good? Yeah. Is that, do we already go an hour? Uh, a little less, but I oh. think, I think that ending okay, is really yeah. beautiful. Like just having that connection with even, you know, Holding, holding your animal close and yeah, yeah, and feeling that love. I mean, I, I've, yeah, I've been there many times with good old Fleetwood. So yeah, uh, thank you, thank you, sir, thank you, thank you, Mr. West. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, once again, Desert Rain Community Radio. Uh, thank you to Jacob Nedia. That's what you hear in the background. And uh, DreamWalkerWay.com to pick up uh, David's book. He's working on a couple more. We're in process. We got, oh yeah, we got the copyright oh, yeah, for, the, yeah. for the audiobook, right? That's right, yeah. So we will be releasing that. Um, I know all those Kickstarter people are probably like, where the heck is, is our audiobook? So it, it should be coming out in the next week or so. And then we will make some quick edits to it and release it on Audible. So we will announce nice. that when that's out in the world. So um, I guess that's a wrap. Thank you all. Thank you.